It's time for Silver and Black Today Game Day. We're breaking down the Raiders' upcoming game and bring you in-depth analysis from National Football Insiders. Let's get the nation fired up. Here are your hosts, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moten. Welcome back. The day after Christmas, we hope you had a wonderful and Merry Christmas with you and yours. Scockle Branson, Mo Moten back here. Silver and Black today, game day, as the Raiders get set later this afternoon to play their in-division rival, of course, the Denver Broncos. Hee-haw, hee-haw, as you call them, the Donkeys. Uh, we're here to talk about the game, and again, hope you had a wonderful Christmas. Uh, Mo, welcome back in. Hope you had a great Christmas, my friend. Had a great Christmas, had some cookies, had some red velvet cake, <laughs> smoothie, uh, macaroni salad. I don't know he, who eats macaroni salad on Christmas, but I do. That's macaroni good. Macaroni salad and ham. I, I had a good holiday, so I'm enjoying myself. That's good, man. Yeah, no, it's, <laughs> it's, it's good to get some downtime. And, of course, I love Christmas, too, because we get more football. And the Raiders coming off the win last week on Monday night, the delayed game due to COVID protocols. They eke out another win. They, they of course... They, of course, score 16 points. They can't break 20 points. Uh, And you see what happened there uh, with the game. And a lot of fans upset about a quote-unquote ugly win. I said a win is a win, my friend, especially when your team has sucked wind down the second half of the season. Mo, I don't understand how people are so upset with a win, but you have a theory. Yeah, this is all about Derek Carr. And I think I think fans were thinking if the Raiders bottom out, then for sure that the Raiders would move on from Derek Carr and we would get something new. Because if you listen to a lot of fans on social media, some of them are just saying, look, I just want someone new just for the sake of having someone new. I don't necessarily agree with that point of view. I think you either stick with Carr or you upgrade. But if you stick with Carr, you also I would also draft a quarterback. I'm, I'm saying that right now. I would draft Even if I was, were to stick with Carr, I would draft a quarterback. But yes, this is about Derek Carr. Fans want to move on, and I get it. I understand you're tired of being in 500, tired of being in limbo. You want something new. But I will say that certain fans were thinking that the Raiders should have crushed the Browns. And I said this uh, with Evan on just Pie Baby this week. Raiders are missing some pieces and parts, too. Let's not forget they're mm-hmm. rolling with an interim head coach. They lost Ruggs, no Waller, no Trayvon Mullen, no Denzel Perryman, no Hobbs because he landed on a reserve COVID-19 list, lost Jonathan Abram in the first half. So it's not like the Raiders were full strength either. So either way, I said it on last week's show that it was going to be a field goal either way. I was pretty close on that, even though I picked the Browns to win. But I I thought it was going to be close anyway. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. By the way, reminder, on today's show, in addition to conversation, we're going to be uh, talking with Mario Tovar from, of course, um, the Raider Ramble, another great Raiders website with great content, a friend of the show here, a friend of Mo's and mine. And so we're going to talk to Mario. He's going to join me in the second and third segment because Mo's very busy today. He's got games. And as you know... When you have a lot of talent, people start to recognize it. <laughs> Stop it. No, no. And and so Mo's got a lot more to do. He's being asked to do a lot more high-profile stuff with Bleacher Report. We're really proud of him, and and I know. So Mo will be here for the first segment, and then he's going to have to jump out. So so just, to, just so you know, when the voices change, uh, <laughs> you know what's going on, right? Uh, but but Mo, I mean, back to this Raider thing, Derek, it is about Derek Carr. And that's the thing that's it's, it's crazy to me is that no matter what happens – uh, it always comes back to the quarterback. Oh, by the way, Chris Braden uh, from the Believe in uh, Broncos podcast will be with us later in the show. We're going to preview the Broncos later today as well as having Mario on with us. So, uh, but 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 Mo, this this thing with Carr, we saw again on Thursday. Of course, Rich Gannon, the last great Raider quarterback, um, 
started asking questions. He didn't mention Derek Carr, but it certainly aimed, looks like it was aimed at Derek Carr. You know, what's the most important quarterback stat? And he said wins, uh, to which people said, well, if you don't have players around you, and his point was, well, guess what? Good quarterbacks bring their team along. What do you make of Rich Gannon's um, kind of commentary and what he's talking about? He seems to be wanting to swim into these shark-infested waters that is the Derek Carr debate. <laughs> yeah, he he didn't dip his toe and he kind of <laughs> dove in at first <laughs> on Thursday. But um, I will just add context to his tweets. And sometimes you just don't get the full basis of, a, of an argument on Twitter, the full basis of someone's belief or expression. But I do think he understands that quarterback that wins and losses come with context where's your yes was your quarterback instrumental in getting your team to a win but where's your quarterback playing well and your receivers just dropped the football you know were there fumbles from your running back mm -hmm. did your your head coach go for a field goal instead of go for a touchdown a crucial moment like there are other things that go into wins there are a lot of things that go into wins, but I, of course we know that the quarterback gets the brunt of it uh, either too much praise or too much blame either way. That's just how it goes. Um, the quarterback is a leadership position. So that that's how it's going to be looked at. But with, with Gannon, I, with, with, with the QB stat and wins and losses, you, you have to really look at each game and how each game unfolded and who has time to sit back and watch every game. You just kind of go say, well, Derek Carr's record is whatever it is, 54-70, whatever mm -hmm. it is. And he's, they can say, well, it's not enough. And I will say, Look at a guy like Matthew Stafford, who was with Detroit. And I know the Raiders may not, you know, have some had some bad years like Detroit, better record wise, maybe recent in recent years. But Matthew Stafford couldn't go anywhere basically with Detroit. And uh, he did take the team to the playoffs. But now he look at how he looks with the Los Angeles Rams. Looks like a yeah. much better quarterback with a much better supporting cast. So I will say it depends. You're if your front office is good at building a roster, Derek Carr could be a winner. But if your front office is not so good at building a roster, which the Raiders haven't then Derek Carr is not going to get you over the hump. And that's why I've always been of the stance that if you don't, if the Raiders don't have a star quarterback to mask some of their deficiencies, Derek Carr is not enough for them to get to a Super Bowl and win it. Right. And and I think that's the thing. I, I talk both ways with people about the Derek Carr issue because I see his strengths and I see his weaknesses. And I'm always struck by the fact that this, the, the quote unquote, I want, well, I shouldn't call them excuses. The counterpoints uh, on the side, on, on either side of the argument, always seem to be the same. It's he doesn't have enough players. It's a bad situation. And on the other side, it's like, well, great quarterbacks lead their team even if they have challenges, right? And I think both are a little unfair. I think the part, point about not having enough players, I can look at some rosters and say, I don't know who these wide receivers are, but yet they're in the head. They're they're leading their division and they're doing well. They don't have big name players. They don't have Hall of Famers out at wide out and at running back, but yet they continue to win because the quarterback brings them along but you've said and been very consistent about it and you just said it a moment ago which is if you put Derek Carr in the right situation and he's surrounded by the right people he can win a lot of games Jason Fitz from ESPN was on our show down in Southern California on Christmas Eve and he talked about it too he said look if, if Derek Carr has the right pieces he can win a Super Bowl but is he going to be the guy who's going to take a mediocre team on his shoulders and lead them into the playoffs and lead them to be a better team the answer is no and I think that's the right. fairest explanation right. I've heard and we and I, I hate right I and I will use the word hate. The, the thing I hate about Twitter is you have to have an either or position. <laughs> it's never a culmination of things. It's either you're on this side or you're on that side. Two things can be true when you have a debate, and I think these two things are true. Yep. Derek Carr is a BB plus quarterback. He's not an A plus quarterback. He's not a top five. I, I think he's slightly outside the top ten. But on the other side of the coin, the organization hasn't done its best to put the best supporting cast around him. 
they dismantled the offensive line. It's, it's struggling up to this point. If your offensive line is struggling now, probably not a good offensive line, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> Henry Ruggs, his situation, his tragedy, that's outside of Derek Carr's control. Der, uh, John Gruden, his situation with the email scandal, outside of Derek Carr's control. So you can't put that on Carr. I, I'm, you can't say what they would have been if they had Gruden, if they had Ruggs. We only know it's only hy- hypotheticals. But you have to understand that this organization hasn't done the best job building rosters. We're talking about first-round picks. Two, three 2019 first-round picks, and we're not even sure if any of them are going to get the fifth-year option. That tells you all you need to know about the Raiders' roster-building philosophy. Right, and GM Mike Bayock said that you know where you win games and you win championships is in the third round, and we don't even want to get into their third-round draft choices because they're no longer <laughs> here, uh, with the exception of Brian Edwards, who's been inconsistent, showed great presence at times but not at others. So, yeah, so I think you're right. Now, we did put a challenge out. We wanted people to call in and leave us some voicemail messages this week, and our good friend Johnny Pham, who you guys all know, from Twitter, uh, 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 very engaging, and uh, I think, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Opinionated, passionate uh, right. Raider fan who's done a lot of radio as well. Johnny called in, and he, he called in about Carr, so I want to play his call. Here's Johnny Pham talking about Derek Carr. Yeah, Johnny Pham here on Twitter, at Johnny Pham from Kentucky. Hey, listen up, guys. I'm going to keep this brief. Derek Carr has had more than enough time with the Raider organization to try to win games and be consistent. And that's been the problem, consistency. Now, we can talk about defense as well, and that's fine. But at the end of the day, when you hold your opponents to less than 20 points, I don't know how many times this season, and the offense still cannot muster enough points to get over 20-plus, that's a problem. The way the Raiders won the game last night, inexcusable. A win's a win, I get it. But this is playoff football time. And if the Raiders are going to be a playoff team, they better play like it. All right, there you go, Johnny Fam, and and tell me where he's right and where he's wrong, Mo. I'll tell you where he's right. Now this year, Carr may get a pass because of what what's happened during this year. A lot of extraordinary things have happened, but he's right in the sense that okay, what about twenty twenty when the Raiders collapsed? What about twenty nineteen when the Raiders collapsed? What about mm-hmm. the other years that Carr has had decent weapons? I remember him having Mari Cooper and Michael Crabtree as his top two wide receivers, a top offensive line, a top ten ground attack. Now he got hurt in 2016 but why was that his only year where he was only able to get the Raiders to the playoffs so question mark that I agree with him there what I will push back a little bit on like I said with Carr you have to understand he he's a BB plus quarterback so Mm -hmm. you have to have a supporting cast around him so not that I'm excusing him but you have to understand what Carr is and if you understand what Carr is if you understand he's not an A quarterback then you understand he's not going to get you over the hump with a mediocre supporting cast, which is what Jason Fitz said, or, said on our other show down there in 1090 in California, so Southern Cal. So I, I push back there where if you understand what Carr is, you understand that the Raiders organization deserves some fault for some of the things that some of their missteps in building the roster around him. The Raiders are not absolved of responsibility on this one. Yeah, and, and, and that's the point I see because I, I think for people who really dislike Carr, I don't think it's as bad as they think it is. And then for those people who absolutely love Derek Carr and think he is a, a top five quarterback, I think they're they're smoking something too. I think there's just there's this there's this inability to see weaknesses and strengths from both sides, which then tells you that hey, you're not looking at it from a, a football perspective. You're looking at it from emotional. And for whatever reason, it could be your disappointment in the team and you're taking it out on Derek. Car, it could be you really don't believe Derek Carr is that good. And and again, I talk to people and get direct messages all the time. A lot of people who don't want to share things publicly because they don't want to rip people or whatever. 
And, and a lot of what they say, I agree with, you know, even going back to the small hands and all this other stuff. Is there something there? I think there is, but, but it's very simple to say, look, and, and you just said it, he's a BB quarterback. He's not an A plus top five quarterback. Does he sometimes play like a top 10 quarterback? Absolutely. When it's all rolling, we saw it at the beginning of this season, but you have to ask yourself, what is next? Right. Fitz said down on, on Friday's show. There's nobody in the draft. I've been saying this. You've been saying this for the last several weeks. There's nobody in the draft. So you're not going to replace Derek Carr with a young quarterback this year. Okay. There's right. just there's just nobody that's a sure thing. And then he also talked about the fact that, what, since 2009 through 16, all those quarterbacks that went first in the draft are no longer in the league. So, so it's not a for sure thing. I'm okay if you're a fan. You say, hey, I'd like to go a different direction. I think we need to do – we need to go develop another quarterback. I agree with that. I just don't think it's going to happen this season, and I think you have to be very prudent uh, upon going upon that when you have a situation where it's a quarterback-driven league. Mo, you can't make another – you cannot have another Jamarcus Russell. Right. And I just want to really quick, I, I know Johnny Fan very well. That's my guy. Mm-hmm. And I know where he's coming from. I understand his frustrations. I know why he's frustrated with Derek Carter's situation. But this is not directed at him. I would no, direct this to the Raiders Twitter Raider Nation right here. My thing is, and I think Jason Fitz said this on our Friday show, if you're going to replace Carr, fine. But who are you going to replace him with? What is the solution? I, I, as I've said on previous shows and previous weeks, I don't, I'm not in favor of change just to change. Mm-hmm. Have a plan. If you're going to move on from Derek Carr, it better be a solution that you really believe in. Let's not just throw out Derek Carr and just move on because we think it's time for a, a divorce. No, we have to have, if you're going to move on from Derek Carr because this roster has shown that it has the potential to make the playoffs. Last three years, they've been in the thick of the playoff race. They just need to get over the hump. So why would you start over with a lesser quarterback, purposely start over with a lesser quarterback, especially if it's a veteran? Now, if you want to, if you want to say, hey, I really believe in this rookie coming out of the draft, Fine, I'll give you that. But I'm not starting over with a bridge quarterback who's half the quarterback Derek Carr is. I'm just not doing that. There you go. And not only that, but uh, Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson are not coming to the Raiders. Okay? Let's just make that clear. I, 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 yeah, is there always a chance? Of course there's a slim chance. But let's let's face it, that's not going to happen with the offensive line in its current condition. All right, I want to give more voice to Raider Nation. we got more calls. And uh, hit one here before we hit the break and have to let Mo go. Mo, this is Jim from Saratoga, New York, so upstate from where you're at, um, ta- talking about uh, the team and the, the game the other night against the Browns. Hey, this is uh, Jim from Saratoga, New York. Happy with the Raiders' win. Uh, it's always tough to get a, a win in today's NFL. I know the Browns were without several key players, um, but they still had one of the best defensive players going. They still had one of the best running backs playing. Uh, I think like what Mo said, you know, we were missing our all-pro linebacker. We were missing one of the best tight ends in football. Um, You know, and when Carr threw that interception, I was like, okay, I think, you know, we're done here. (laughs) Carr's last game of the Raiders, Um, but he showed, you know, you know, he showed like he has a, a bunch of times that he can come back and lead the Raiders to victory. Uh, weird game for Renfro. Uh, I don't rem- remember hearing Gakwe's name mentioned, but, you know, he still pulled out the win, got to 7-7. Seven and seven. I don't know. I think we're kind of in a decent position just because we control our own destiny. You know, if we win out, we, you know, have a good shot of winning. But obviously, um, I think Raider Nation was expecting a, a blowout win. Uh, but Mullins is a good quarterback, which he's shown before. So overall, happy with the win. Thanks. There you go. So fully, Jim from Saratoga, New York, I want to thank you for your positive 
Thank call. you. I mean, rational but, call too. I like the rationality he put in that one. That that's what I was going to say too. Not just because it's positive. It wasn't a lot of rah rah silver and black colored glasses. It was Jim saying, "Hey, look, it's hard to get wins in the NFL, especially late in the season when you've lost your coach and your wide receiver and all kinds of stuff." So, so Jim's point of view that, "Hey, look, it was a win. We got it. That's all that matters." And his point you made earlier in the show, which is they control. They listen. I I don't think the Raiders are going to make the playoffs. I've said that. I'm not trying to throw a wet blanket, but they can. If they win the next three games, which is a tall task, they can. And I love what Jim talked about there, having control of their own destiny. Yeah, and he's absolutely right. And he he echoed the point that I had is that it's hard to win games. And you got to understand that the Browns were desperate in that situation. So when you get a desperate team like that who's fighting for their playoff hopes, you're going to get their best shot. Whether it's Nick Mullins under center, Case Keenum, Baker Mayfield, you're going to get the best Browns team they, they're going to feel on that day. So I, I, I never thought it would be a blowout either way. But yeah. you're right. The Raiders still have a chance to make the playoffs. I know a lot of fans see it as false hope. But you just never know. Guys are popping up on a COVID list every day. So that's why you play it out. And you, I, I hate that the fans are like, oh, I don't want to win beating the team that's injured. It doesn't mean anything <laughs> because they didn't have full strength. Look, take a win as you can get it. Because a lot of people rail on Derek Carr for not having a playoff appearance. Now, he would have had one had he not got injured. But a lot of the, a lot of the anti-Derek Carr arguments are, well, he hasn't played in the playoff game. He's never played in the playoff game. This is that. Well, if the Raiders can get in the playoffs by hook or by crook, and he gets that playoff experience, who knows Who knows what you're going to get when you get there? Right. All you're worried about is you just want to get to the dance, and that's what matters. Yeah, and if, if Derek Carr had played in the playoffs uh, the last couple of years or whenever and not done well, and he had an 0-4 playoff record where he threw 12 interceptions and had one touchdown, okay, then you have a point, right? You can talk about, hey, right. when it's crunch time, this guy, and he, but he hasn't had a chance to get there. Now, I know a lot of people will blame the fact that they haven't been there on him, but as you said, that's a much more nuanced conversation uh, about the team, the structure, the dysfunction. Remember, six playoffs in 31 years okay six or maybe it's seven in 31 years now I grew up I'm old enough I remember the heyday of the Raiders okay I was a kid all that stuff but that was a long time ago okay I, I went to UNLV I remember when we mattered in college basketball which we haven't in a long time either so I understand that so let's make sure that we do it all right so we're up against the break we're gonna say goodbye to Mo we will not talk to him until next year now right Mo next Sunday wow. will be a new year so um, we appreciate it make sure you follow Mo and his work at Mo Moten on Twitter, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N, and check his stuff out on Bleacher Report and, of course, on VegasSportsToday.com. Mo, enjoy the rest of your Sunday. I know you got a lot of work to do, uh, some football to write about, but thanks for being with us as always, my friend. I hope you all enjoy the rest of your 2021. Passing the baton off to Mario. He's great. Be nice to Mario. He's a great guy. Great feeling for me, so enjoy. All right. When we come back, that's right, Mario Tovar will join me, and we will interview and talk about Raiders versus Broncos with the Believe in Broncos podcast host. That is one Mr. Chris Braden, a broadcast veteran. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to Silver and Black Today Game Day, only here on The Fan in Las Vegas. Silver and Black Today. Game day is on. Welcome back. Silver and black today. Game day here on The Fan in Las Vegas. Also on our sister station, 1140 The Bet. Thanks for listening wherever you are. A lot of Raider Nation listening nationwide on the Odyssey app. We certainly appreciate you uh, being with us as we are in the run-up to today's game later this afternoon at Allegiant Stadium. The Denver Broncos 7-7 come on to take your Las Vegas Raiders in a game with lots of implications, uh, not only pride, but also some playoff chances for both squads. And to talk about the Broncos, we bring in now the host of the Believe in Broncos podcast, a veteran 
of the broadcast industry. That is Chris Braden. Chris, thanks for being with us here today on Silver and Black Today Game Day. Hey, thanks for having me on. Uh, are the Broncos 7-7? Seven seven? <laughs> you said they were, right? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, no, thanks for having me on. That 7-7, seven and seven, that is a dirty, dirty 7-7. Seven and seven. Uh, Well, and, you know, it's funny you say that, too, because I, I looked at the Broncos since they, they, they last faced the Raiders. They're basically 500. They've been 500. They've, they've had a better go of it than the hometown Raiders here in Las Vegas. Uh, but clearly, you know, there's there's issues there. The, the, the quarterback situation continues to be in flux. That's a pretty good roster you have out in there in Denver. Of course, the defense, we'll get into that in a little bit. But today, you're going to have Drew Locke starting Teddy Bridgewater with the concussion. He's out. He wasn't exactly lighting it up either. What's kind of the situation at quarterback? Is this Drew Locke's kind of last-ditch effort to try to maybe stay on, or has the organization kind of lost confidence in him as far as being the future of this franchise? So uh, let me just put it like this. Vic Fangio came out and said, there is absolutely nothing Drew Locke can do to uh, get the uh, starter job over Teddy if Teddy is the guy. Hmm. Vic Fangio has zero faith in Drew Locke. I don't know if you read the story about uh, last year, the COVID. Do you remember when the Broncos had to play without the quarterback mm-hmm. and Kendall Hinton? Well, there was a lot of stuff that happened in that and that nobody knew at the time. If you want to go read an interesting story, find out how uh, Drew Locke and all the guys decided to uh, destroy their COVID monitors and stuff. So the organization, uh, to be honest with you, I'm not sure why they kept them here. Now, Broncos country fan perspective, watching Drew Locke play football is so much more fun than watching Teddy Bridgewater play. <laughs> we know what Teddy is. Teddy's a check down guy. Teddy is an amazing human being, probably a great mentor, perfect locker room guy. But when it's third and seven, Teddy likes to throw the ball four yards. So, um, yeah, the, the quarter, quarterback uh, a room is in flux. I mean, to be honest with you, if Drew Locke goes out there and turns it over like he did against the Bengals, Brett Rippon might be in there. So wow. we'll see what happens. This is literally Drew Locke. He's saving his career here. He's putting tape out there for other teams. I think the Broncos are done with Drew Locke. Yeah, that's interesting. And I know you talk about him being checked down, Teddy Bridgewater, that is. And, of course, that's a, a common um, insult of Derek Carr, the Raiders quarterback. So I think uh, Raiders fans listening will certainly understand that. But you look at the, 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 the Broncos, too. I mean, the need for that quarterback and Teddy Bridgewater, I think everyone's, and I've me included, I've always said Teddy Bridgewater is a good, solid quarterback. Is he the guy who's going to lead you yeah. to the promised land? Probably not. But what the, what the Broncos have done is they've locked up that young receiving core, uh, Corton Sutton, Tim Patrick, Jerry Judy, clearly uh, still on his rookie contract. Is that indicative that this team, that this organization feels that they're ready to go on offense? They just need that quarterback. And, and how, what are they going to do? Are they going to make that play if somebody like Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson really is disgruntled and wants, wants to get out of Seattle or Green Bay, that they're going to make a strong run at a player like that? The Denver Broncos are just, are set up to go after any quarterback they want. Um, there's a lot of insider information that that uh, Green Bay trade for Aaron Rodgers last last year was all but done. Mm. And, uh, yeah, Russell Wilson with his list. I mean, the Broncos are ready to go. Even Deshaun Watson, if he gets his stuff cleared up, 
Teddy Bridgewater has not been offered an extension here in Denver. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater's done. They have no faith in Drew Locke. The only other option they would have is to go out there and draft a picket and get a bridge quarterback like, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick's name comes up and things like that. But the Denver Broncos, as far as the offensive side of the ball, which is the craziest thing, Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton have hardly had any targets mm-hmm. since they signed their big deal. Jerry Judy had zero catches wow. on Sunday against the Bagels. Not one catch. I don't know how many times he was targeted, but it, it's just uh, here in Denver, I think it's less about the players and more about Pat Shermer. Pat Shermer has never, like last year, didn't put Drew Locke in a position to succeed. Uh, new OC comes in, likes going three wide. He did that again this year. Then they found out, hey, man, we got a couple of really good running backs here. Jamonte Williams leading the NFL in uh, yards after yards after contact. Mm-hmm. Uh, Melvin Gordon's having a great year this year. You know, leaning on the, the run game for the Denver Broncos this year, especially for a guy like Teddy Bridgewater that likes to check it down, is the only formula for success. But to answer your question, yes, everything is in play for the Denver Broncos. One thing I wanted to bring up, which is hysterical, because here in Denver, we think that this roster is ready to go with a good quarterback. And the Broncos had zero Pro Bowl players picked. Yeah, None, I saw that. Not one. First time since 1980. Not even Justin Simmons. Yeah. It's crazy. So, yeah, I, I just think that with everything from the top down, the ownership situation, Vic Fangio not knowing when to call timeouts, Pat Shermer putting the offense in a rough position, I mean, I talk to these players, and, and obviously they're not going to say anything, mm-hmm. but it's frustrating. It, 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 it's frustrating because watching these games, they should win. I mean, they had the lead against the, uh, the Bengals for about, what, 30 seconds until they <laughs> threw over the top? Right. I mean, and that's the way it's been this year for Denver. Yeah, and I know, again, we're talking to Chris Braden from the Believe in uh, Broncos podcast, longtime broadcast veteran as well. And, and Chris, when we look at this, this, this uh, Broncos roster coming in today to the game against the Raiders, uh, of course, Lloyd Cushenberry, the center, uh, out on the COVID list. Uh, but that offensive line has done so well. You talked about the running backs. You talked about Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams, who's just a beast. Um, how important, I mean, you, you go out, and, uh, Raider fans, they want to move on from Derek Carr. I don't know if you know that, but it's a really weird situation with Raider fa- fans because half of them love Derek Carr and half of them hate Derek Carr and want him gone. And the Raiders have a, a very poor offensive line. Not true in Denver, where they have a great offensive line. You talked about uh, Pat Shermer and getting that uh, offense uh, ready to go and, and kind of getting them the tools they need. Um, that offensive line and what they've been able to do and, and how steady they've been, that's going to be a heck of a card, a trump card to pull out for one of these top quarterbacks, isn't it? Yeah, no, 100%. And that's the one thing that George Payton has done great since he got here to Denver. The draft picks have been contributing. He's, uh, you know, kind of got that offensive line by bringing some free agents in. There's a guy you're going to have want to look at, Lloyd Cushenberry. He's a really good center. Mm-hmm. But Quinn Miners is a guy they drafted this year that can play both guard positions and the center position. And this guy is a beast. He's going to fit in perfectly. So nobody's worried about that center position right now. As far as the offensive line, Garrett Bowles made great strides last year. 
I mean, Garrett Bowles was enemy number one in in Broncos country. And then the way he played last year, he's taken a little bit of a step back this year. And I think that's just uh, being a bit too harsh because, you know, he's one of those guys that, you know, you get beat once or twice and you know you have Teddy back there. You're going to have to hang on for dear life and make sure <laughs> no one touches him. So I'm going to give him a pass on that. But the offensive line for the Denver Broncos, I mean, maybe they need to, like, sure up that right tackle spot. Uh, playing Albert Okawebunam, he's a much better blocker than Noah Fant. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of things they can do on the line. That's why they've been able to run the ball so well, and that's why the future – looks so good in Denver. The offensive line is good. Yeah. The skill position players are good. The running back room, that might be the best tandem in football. We don't know. You know, it, it's a great tandem. And the quarterback position, it's funny you say that about Derek Carr because from the outside looking in, mm-hmm. Derek Carr and Teddy Bridgewater are a lot of like, it's hard to not like Derek Carr. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't like the Raiders out here. That's like, like, sure. like that's number one. That's the number one uh, – rival out here in Denver, you know, Mike Shanahan made that uh, perfectly clear. But Derek Carr is a guy that I think could come in here to Denver with this offense and have some success. So if you guys want to get rid of him and we don't get Aaron (laughs) Rodgers, man, I'll take him. I'll take him right now. I love it. And by the way, you mentioned Quinn Miners, and he was one of those great stories. I think it was, uh, was it Wisconsin Whitewater, a small school, and he was one of those great stories out of the Senior Bowl uh, and I know he was actually spent a lot of time, the Raiders spent a lot of time interviewing him. So he's one of those great stories. And I know he's going to be a good player when he gets his chance. Now we switched the sides of the ball to the defense, Chris, and mm-hmm. this, this Broncos defense uh, is remarkable. I mean, they're in the division only, they've only given up 243 points as a defense uh, points against all season long. That's the lowest in the AFC West. And you just think, boy, if they had a better offense, if they had that quarterback, this season could be so much different. But at the time, remember, the Von Miller trade. Von Miller gets traded to the Rams, and everybody says, oh, well, that's it. I mean, people from the outside, of course, not people there in Denver, but people from the outside said, well, what are the Broncos going to do? They're losing their best player. Boy, Justin Simmons has stepped up. All those guys have stepped up. How was the dynamic change from Von Miller being there to him being gone? You know, of course we miss uh, Von Miller. Von Miller is a Bronco great. He's a Bronco legend. He's a a Bronco for life. And to be uh, honest with you, uh, I'm a Von Miller fan. Mm -hmm. I'd like Von Miller to go get another Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. That'd be cool. It wasn't going to happen this year with the Denver Broncos. As far as the defensive side of the ball, Bradley Chubb, we're not going to be calling him a bust, but we're still waiting for him to be Bradley Chubb the way he was. His rookie year, obviously, he's coming off injuries, and that's kind of been the story with Bradley Chubb. But when you pick someone that high, you expect some, you know, you expect some uh, production. But guys like Kenny Young that have come in late, mm-hmm. you know, Baron Browning, guys that they've uh, drafted, Justin Stranod, like these guys are going out there and contributing. And you know, the Broncos have played great defense, but the thing people forget about. They're on the field all the time, like all the time. That The offense, you know, time of possession, if you look at most of the games, they're losing all that. And when the Broncos get beat, it's like what happened on Sunday, the deep ball. Justin Simmons, probably the reason he didn't make the Pro Bowl is because he didn't play well early in the season. But mm. he's come out. He's played. He's played really, really well. Patrick Sertan, what a great pick. You know, we were kind of irritated that they didn't go after a quarterback, but you can't put that on Pat Sertan. I mean, that 
that kid's going out there and he's playing ball. And I think, you know, I'm not calling him Champ Bailey, but he seems like he could be one of them lockdown wow. corners for the next 10 years. And, you know, we'll see what happens in the secondary. It was funny. Uh, Kyle Fuller came in here. He was going to be our lockdown corner. He got benched for like three weeks. <laughs> now he's coming in playing a lot of nickel corners. So, yeah, Vic Fangio does what he does on the defensive side of the ball, and it's great. You know, we love it. But the problem is, is that he's not a defensive coordinator. Right. He's a head coach. Right. We need, uh, to be brutally honest, we don't know what he knows about the offense during the game. Like, every time, if you listen to him after the game and the post-game conference, he's talking about how he's got to go look at the film. Hmm. Like, he has eyeballs. I have eyeballs. He was closer <laughs> to it than I was. I have a great TV. I do. But he, he doesn't really ever have any opinion about the offense. So yeah. that's the frustration with us here in Denver. Is Vic Fangio one of the best DCs in all of football? 100%. Yes. Um, if he wanted to stay here in Denver and be the DC, I might be okay with that. Yeah. If Teddy Bridgewater wanted to re-sign in Denver and be the backup for the next five years, I'd be cool with that too. I mean, but those aren't the guys that lead you to the promised land. Yeah, and uh, the Raider fans are familiar with that, too. Obviously, with the, the situation with John Gruden this year and Rich Bisaccia, mm -hmm. who's a great special teams coach, has been in the league for years and years and is beloved by the players, but he's just not a head coach. And I think, I think we're seeing that with Fangio, too, to your point. A great defensive mind, uh, a great coach, but being a head coach is a completely different thing. Now, uh, we got a couple minutes left here before we got to say goodbye, uh, Chris. But uh, this game today out at Allegiant Stadium, um, I think that the, the Broncos, I mean, the, the Raiders have been deplorable against the run. The Broncos with that two-headed monster in the backfield. I know they're going to have Drew Locke throw the ball, uh, but to me the key right. is going to be the run game. You agree? Oh, yeah. I think the run game is going to be pivotal for this week, but – it's funny, if you go back and look at the games, I mean, the Broncos end up in games where you think they're going to be able to just dominate on the ground, and mm -hmm. they go out there 80% of the time at three wide. I mean, <laughs> Pat Shermer just loves to throw the ball, and I think the thing about it is, which is, it, it, it's rough for Drew Locke. He knows Drew Locke can make all those throws, and I think Drew Locke is just not quite mature enough to not take on mm. the hero ball. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Yep, yep. He wants to go out there and throw it. So, yeah, if the Denver Broncos keep it on the ground and, and uh, Drew Locke throws 20 to 25 times, this is, this is definitely a winnable game for the Denver Broncos. Plus, I don't know if you know this, when you guys came out here and beat the Denver Broncos, embarrassing right mm -hmm. here, it was Mike Shanahan day. <laughs> we owe you one. <laughs> I mean, you know, Ray Crockett, you know, all the historic Broncos were standing out there. Shannon Sharp, Elway, you oh, yeah. name them, all the ones you guys hate. They were standing out there, and the Broncos went out there and laid an egg. And I can tell you, just from talking to Ray and some of the guys, that weekend, uh, they were a little upset. So I think the yeah. Broncos have a little get back. A little extra. Yeah, a little extra. It's going to be a fun game today. Chris Braden, make sure you follow him at Chris Braden Live on Twitter. He's the host of the Believe in Broncos podcast. Chris, thanks so much for joining us today. Yeah, no problem, man. Anytime. All right, we're going to step aside. When we come back, Mario Tovar from Raider Ramble joins us here on Silver and Black Today Game Day. Raider Nation is fired up. It's Silver and Black Today, game day.
Welcome back. Silver and Black today, game day here on The Fan in Las Vegas, or 1140 The Bet if you're listening to us earlier in the morning on the East Coast. It is game day. The Raiders and the Broncos, another must-win. They're all must-wins the rest of the way here in 2021. Allegiant Stadium getting crowded, getting electric down there as the tailgating begins. We are now bringing in my special guest co-host for this segment. That is Mr. Mario Tovar. He is the founder and editor over at Raider Ramble. If you haven't read Red Raider Ramble, that's a lot of R's, by the way, Mario, um, then then you're missing out. It's one of the best, if not the best, independent Raiders website out there. So we appreciate him being with us. Mario, how you doing this morning, buddy? I'm doing great, bud. Thanks for uh, having me on here again, man. Always, always looking forward to it. Well, as usual, it's another slow week in Raider Nation. Uh, no news to speak of. No. Um, of course, coming <laughs> off this, the, coming off this, uh, Mario, we talked about it earlier. I talked about it with Mo in the first segment. Um, you know, this, this win against Cleveland, I understand like being a fan in sports and your team does well, or it doesn't do as well as you want it to. You can sometimes win and feel disappointed. What was your take on the Browns game? The Browns depleted because of COVID the game, of course, moved all the controversy with that. And then the Raiders too. I mean, I think people forget how many players the Raiders are missing as well, including Darren Waller. Hello. Um, what was your thoughts on this Browns game and the win on Monday night? Well, I mean, Obviously, it was, it was an ugly game. I think we can all agree it was a pretty <laughs> ugly game. A lot of factors went into it, not just the weather, but obviously COVID. But to your uh, statement about the fans and stuff, I think a lot of it has to do with Derek Carr. I, I think at the end of the day, it does go back to that. I think a decent portion of the fan base is clearly, they want to move on. Mm-hmm. But it seems like they want to move on at any cost, meaning... They, I mean, obviously, they're not really thinking of like any sort of solid plan or anything. They're just seem to be tired of car, mm-hmm. and they feel like okay, like if the team loses, you know, from here on out, we'll improve the draft order, which they will. But at the same time, it's like you can't really blame them because we've seen it so many times before, where they'll get a few wins here late in the season, only to crush their hopes and miss the playoffs again. You know, we saw that time and time again under Gruden. You know what I mean? So it's like I think many people are just tired of the pattern. But at the same time, it's like, it's not that easy to replace a quarterback, you know? And it's, it's just one of those things, man. And I truly understand the frustration from fans. Obviously, they want to win. But then it's funny, if you go on social media, that's not the vibe you get right now. Yeah. It's like, last time I checked, Al Davis's mantra was, just win, baby. So while, <laughs> yes, it was an ugly win, and it was not the best performance from Derek Carr individually, they still got the win. Yeah. You know? Well, and and, and and you know, Mario, like the one thing I know that you, myself, and and Mo Moten, are, and, and even Evan Grote, who does Just Pod Baby, and he does it as a fan, right? Uh, he doesn't try to necessarily always be objective, but he's as objective, I think, as you can be as a fan podcast. Um, is is we always agree, like we're, we're in the middle on it. Like we talk about Derek Carr when he does well, we talk about what he does well. And then when he doesn't do well or his, his shortcomings, we talk about those too. We're not in a camp, right? And, and, and it's set up, we had Jason Fitz of ESPN on our, on our Southern California show on Friday and that's what he talked about because he 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 direct messaged me during the week. He said, "Dude, what is going on with Raider Nation? What is going on with these fans?" And I said, "Okay, well, we can talk about it, Jason, but you got to come on the air because you you know you you make too much sense, and we need to hear people say what you got to say." So he came on, and that's what he said. I said, "What's going on? What's going on on the Twitter streets? What's going on with Raider Nation and this like civil war?" And he said it just like you said it. He said, "It's Derek Carr." And, and his yeah. question, and I'll ask you this question, too, because you just kind of alluded to it, which is, okay, people who want Derek Carr gone, let's say, um, what's next? 
I mean, where do you that, go? That, exactly. And that is the issue because, if, you know, we're, you know, at the rate of Rambo, we're already starting to look at, you know, scouting reports and, you know, potential quarterback prospects. There's no real big name prospect that you look at in this upcoming class that's like, okay, mm-hmm. you're going to give this guy the ball day one. There isn't any. That's not to say there's not good quarterbacks. I mean, come on. These, a lot of these guys are good quarterbacks. But there's just no guy that that's a day one starter, if that makes sense. And a lot of fans are infatuated with the idea that the Raiders should go out and get Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> that's easier said than done. Man. Sure. It's not. And here's the thing, too. If you put yourself in Wilson and Rodgers, you know, from their, from their point, from their perspective, it's like you look at this mess <laughs> that's yeah. going on right now with the Raiders, what, what happened with Gruden, what, what's going on with the offensive line regressing, just a lot of bad, you know, I guess you could say bad juju with this team right now. It's like, do you really want to be a part of that long term? And, you know, especially Rodgers, who's obviously in the twilight of his career, it's like, do you really think these guys are trying to be a Raider? you know, at the end of their career. That's the other realistic issue. Yeah, and that's the question I've been asking all week too, Mario. Again, Mario Tovar from Raider Ramble. Check out RaiderRamble.com is with us here on Silver and Black Today Game Day. And Mario, that's what I've been asking people is like, if you, I mean, Mario, if I said this, okay, so you you have this very successful Raiders website, right, where you guys do all kinds of great Mm -hmm. content. So imagine if I said, hey, I want to bring you to another website. Uh, we don't really have a website right now, or it's it's up maybe three days a week, but not seven days a week. Hey, why don't you come on over? Right. Who would do that? So so you're asking Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson to say, hey, listen, we have half of an offensive line that's pretty good. We got a great left tackle who's, who's really coming into his own for the most part. Um, we don't have anything on the right side. Just ignore that. You want to come in and get killed? I mean, that's the thing I don't understand. Now, now draft a young quarterback. I got no problem with that. This draft has no good, surefire quarterbacks. So so the Raiders are in the unusual position. And this is where I said, I, I wrote a piece a couple weeks ago, said I think it's time for an amicable divorce with Derek Carr. Meaning, for Derek Carr's sanity and for his ability, what, what, with what career he's got left, to maybe try to win a Super Bowl, it might be better for him to go somewhere, and it might be for, better for the Raiders to think about it. I've a little, I've changed a little direction on that because I don't see better options for the Raiders. And so, to me, I think what Mark Davis will probably end up doing is giving him a two or three year extension, um, and give them time to maybe get a young quarterback or do something what they're going to do with the plan. Because I just don't see a way out. Do you want to go get Teddy Bridgewater, who's probably going to be out of Denver again, who's basically like Derek Carr but worse? So I'm just not understanding where people want to go, Mario. Well, exactly. And that's what I, and it's funny you said you wrote a piece. I wrote a piece too that got a lot of heat uh, just yesterday regarding a potential mock scenario where the first two rounds, in the first round, they go after a, a wide receiver. Because mm-hmm. obviously, Have to. we've seen the wide receiver core this year. Other than Hunter Renfro, you know, speaking here realistically, none of these guys should be starting. You right. know what I mean? Right. Other than Renfro, None of these guys should they Jones. I mean, my God, none of these guys should be <laughs> on this team long term. You know what I mean? So you need to really rebuild the wide receiver core again. Why not get a wide receiver in the first round? Get Carr a potential number one wideout. Second round, get yourself an interior offensive lineman and get that run game going again. I think yes. that's the key. Yes. I think that when we look back at 2021, it's going to come to one of the big reasons I think that this team has struggled a lot. Obviously the run game, man. I mean, what happened to it is the offensive line just regressed, but also to injuries. We all know the injuries to Denzel and to, and Richie never really pretty much coming back. It really just derailed the interior. Mm-hmm. You know I mean, now credit Andre James, he's been solid. He really bounced back. 
Uh, whether he's the long-term answer or not, obviously that's a whole other debate. But he's definitely been solid. Uh, he's going to more than likely be the starter next year at center. I, I don't foresee any sort of major change there. But draft yourself a, a solid you know, interior offensive lineman in the second round and rebuild that run game. And by doing so, you give Carr weapons again, which is obviously what I'm alluding to is that Carr gets another shot. Yeah. And that's the worst-case scenario, gets another shot. Because we both agree. There's nothing that much better outside a car available. You know what right. I mean? And the whole Rodgers and Wilson thing, I'm sorry, guys, but it's just not realistic. No, it's not realistic. And, and listen, if Derek Carr wants $40 million a year, then it might change. Like, okay, if he's not yeah, willing to budge, but that, there's been no indication that he's not willing to maybe take a smaller deal to stay with the Raiders uh, for what would seemingly be the rest of his career, or at least, you know, maybe a, a three, maybe even a five-year deal where only three years are guaranteed or something yeah, like that. And I actually, got, I've actually tweeted that. I think some of my guys have actually alluded to that too, where he's never been that selfish type of player. Like, right. There's no reason to believe that often all of a sudden he's going to demand $40 million a year. I mean, first of all, that's not feasible, but it just he's not that guy. If that makes any sense. Like he's not the guy that's going to come in and say, "Hey, I want forty million a year." No, he, he by all means, he does appear to be a guy that's a team player yeah. and is wants to, he wants to win as a Raider. And it's like, well, there you go. He has to give us this team friendly deal and let these guys rebuild the offense because unfortunately, that's what they're going to have to do. With, <laughs> you know. Yeah, Mario. We have about forty seconds left. Um, I'm picking the Raiders today against the Broncos. Maybe it's the Christmas spirit from yesterday. I'm still uh, on that high. Uh, I have no indication that this offense is going to be any better than it's been. But for some reason, I just think that this last this this game at home against the Broncos, uh, I think that the Raiders win this game and then lose the final two. Uh, but if you look at this one, what do you think? I think the Broncos are going to run the ball down the Raiders' throat because the Raiders just don't do well against the run. Uh, but I think Derek Carr might reach down deep in the bag. Here with some of that Christmas spirit and win this one. I agree. I think they're going to win it. And for to add to what you were saying, we just can't have Drew Locke dancing on the sidelines. <laughs> I think we can all agree. <laughs> we don't want that man. And, no. And I think I'm sure a lot of fans. I don't speak for fans that never claim to speak for fans, but I know for a fact Raider Nation doesn't want that either. No, they <laughs> don't. So, they yeah, don't. I think they do win. Um, and as far as the last two games, I think they might end up winning them. I think mm. they are going to end up missing the playoffs. But, yeah, I think they'll end up winning the last two games. The Colts game, I have my own reasons to uh, keep an eye on it with their uh, defensive coordinator. <laughs> well, here's the deal. Uh, I I, I, th I just want to see Raider Nation finish on an upswing and see the team finish on upswing so people go into the new year with some with some positivity. Uh, and if you want some great coverage of the Raiders, make sure you check out Mario and his team over at RaiderRamble.com. And we'll get Mario on much more. I've been meaning to do it, and we'll make sure we do it. Here we are towards the end of the season, but we'll do it. Mario, thanks, man. I appreciate you being with us today. Oh, thanks for having me on, man. All right, well, that's going to do it. Raiders, Broncos coming up at 1 p.m. out of Legion Stadium. Everybody out in Lot J, Lot A, Lot B, wherever you are, give me a loud one. Raiders! All right, go out there, have fun today. Enjoy it. We'll be back with you in the new year next week here on The Fan and The Bet in Las Vegas. Thanks to Mo Moten, thanks to Chris Braden and Mario Tovar, and thanks to all of you, Raider Nation. We'll talk to you next week here on Silver and Black Today Game Day.